0: Hi Venters, welcome back to another episode of the Just Checking In podcast. I'm your host Freddie Cocker and this podcast is brought to you by Vent, a place where everyone, but especially men and boys, can open up about their mental health issues, break down stigmas and start conversations. Each pod, I check in with a special guest. We have a natter and a chat about all things mental health, as well as anything and everything else they are passionate about. If it helps that person with their mental health, we discuss it. My special guest for today's episode is a lad who I've been Twitter mutuals with for a while, but when we chatted off air, it just felt like two old mates catching up. He is also a fellow Huddersfield Town fan, so naturally that helps as well. Patrick Moore, at time of recording, still works at my old place of work, the BBC, in the BBC Sport Division, but is due to leave very, very soon. He broke into the sports industry in the media team for the Huddersfield Giants, a rugby league club, before he got his break in the BBC after graduating by working as a researcher on the Final Score programme and also worked as the media manager for the BBC's Rugby League coverage. In this episode we discuss his journey into sports journalism, having a healthy work-life balance when you work in sport or not (laughs) and naturally having to work on your weekends and working in a highly pressurised environment on those match days. For Pat's mental health, members of Pat's family have gone through severe mental health difficulties which exposed Pat to mental health issues and gave him a greater understanding of it. We talk about how to recognise when someone is struggling and all those red flags, as well as his own self-awareness of his own mental health going forward when he may go through difficulties himself. So this is how my check-in with Pat Moore went. I can't speak i oh, sorry, I don't know what came over me there, sorry. Uh, anyway, Pat Moore, welcome to the Just Checking In pod. Uh, the reason I did that very half assed Mick Morgan impression is because we are both Huddersfield Town fans, and that saying is more like a Bible phrase in Yorkshire's neck of the woods. First of all, how are you, mate? It's taken us so long to get this pod in, in the diary that you have left, or well, you're about to leave your, <laughs> your BBC job, and you're about to go somewhere else. I'll give the audience a hint. Oh! Unbelievable!
1: You're doing quite good impressions there, to be fair. It's not my first time. Yeah, yeah. Fair play, <laughs> mate. Fair play. No, yeah, it's god, I know. Yeah, well over a year now, and it? We've been trying to plan something like this, but been a busy, busy year, but yeah, I'm actually leaving now, so joining the overlap start of August. It's very exciting to be fair, but it's gonna be weird leaving BBC. I've been here since the first year at uni. So it's gonna be like a big big change. Sad to leave, but need a bit of a change.
0: Hopefully not as many weekend shifts anymore, which is the reason why it took us
2: so long to get
0: this
1: bloody spot in the diary. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's exactly why we've not been able to do it, to prefer, like, literally. I very, very rarely get a weekend off. And if I do, it's normally, like, just one of the two days off in the weekend. Yeah, it can be annoying. But, you know what, it's one of them things, when you work in sport, You've got to sacrifice weekends, I suppose. Well, we're going to talk about that in a bit,
0: mate. And it's definitely not something to taken lightly. It's why I only I only lasted about eighteen months at the BBC anyway, because I was doing shift work and weekend shifts and it was kind of destroying my mental health pretty much to do <laughs> working till 11pm for three days solid every two months so there we go
1: you literally don't helping, get a life,
0: yeah I know you don't get a life it's, honestly you don't yeah. get a life helping Huddersfield fans with or Huddersfield Town as uh, Hutter- Kevin Nagel <laughs> Kevin Nagel said imagine last year saying,
1: imagine like imagine this time last year obviously we the first plan to do a podcast like a year on that like, how much has changed Huddersfield now mate <laughs> We we'll, won't we'll talk about last year. We can talk about from, like, Warlock onwards, but...
0: And my son, <laughs> Levi Colwell, has just won oh, yeah. the under-21s yeah. at the time of recording, so...
1: Literally unbelievable, isn't it? Like...
0: <laughs> it? It's great to see, actually, that the world has finally woken up to... Uh, Le- the footballing world has finally woken up to Levi Colwell a bit. Like, you've got, it's... like, all these, like, football YouTubers going, oh, shall we get Levi Colwell? Shall we get Levi Colwell? And it's like, yeah,
2: forty million, for fifty
0: million 50 million quid, mate, yeah. <laughs>
2: no
1: yeah he's unbelievable isn't he
0: without further ado mate are you ready to start the show yeah yeah, yeah let's, go. let's start your pod by talking about your journey into journalism mate and sports journalism so tell me first how you got into it and why you felt inspired to try and get into it when it's an industry as we both know that is very hard to break into
1: and also succeed in <laughs> Cause I'm an idiot, uh, no. and <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I probably realised from an earlier age than most that I wasn't going to make it as like a professional sportsman in any sport. Pretty yeah, same, <laughs> fairly, fairly below average and everything. But um, B- Billy the limpet is wide described by yeah, li- uh, yeah. sports skills, <laughs> literally. But obviously, like sports, literally just always be my life. So you know next i've always thought you know next best thing and it is to be honest next best thing is like going down like journalism like media route i've always quite been into like reading writing and just like watching like tv programs you'd be saying yourself like you know mm. you'd watch like premier league years and repeat you know match of a day religiously every weekend oh, i was privileged enough to have a sky subscription <laughs> oh. there, back in the day
0: maybe it was under maybe it was around other people's houses
1: <laughs> no we got it quite late on but as soon as we did yeah it's just just on not it so just from then i obviously got to like end of college i'm working at MS at the the time actually and I only applied to go to uni I think only about four days before the deadline because like no one in my family had gone to university or anything before very much like just working class family, just going to work and it just got to my I just thought I went to Greenacre College so they were quite like pushy going to uni so yeah I eventually applied and like I mean I, I stayed at home like I live five minutes away from Uni, so I didn't go like to the Huddersfield collection. Uni for the listeners. It's, I went, yeah. To, yeah, I went to Huddersfield Uni, yeah. The course they did, like the lectures we had at the time, they were all like worked in the industry. I've got a lot of them to, to be thankful for, to prefer. And I just looked at the course, it just looked right up my street, and from there, just took anything and everything on, just worked in all sorts of stuff. I used to do um reporting for the Huddersfield Rugby Union team. I mean, before that, I wouldn't even watch Rugby Union, I just completely like, are they still a team? Yeah, yeah, we play at Lockwood Park, Love, lovely people weren't there. What, what league are they in? Uh, they're in like the fourth, it is National Team Oh, I was going to say, yeah, they must yeah, be yeah, in like, low division yeah low, right, low okay. Yeah, but I think the class like semi-pro, that was like my first win because I would doing like their match reports and then send it like to the sports editor at the Huddersfield Examiner I and mean, then I started like covering the away games and then I started like offering up saying, you know, I'll do previews and so you know, obviously as you're doing that, you writing just becomes better. you Make more contact. Which which Huddle
0: Sold M S were you at?
1: The one that's now Uh, shut down uh, or the big one out outside the town? Yeah, well, there's only one now. Yeah. The one in the centre is closed now, but uh, yeah, yeah. I was
0: gut. I was gutted when that shot. Me and my dad used to go I, there all the time during match yeah,
1: days. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, God, we won't talk North about South that. Divide, eh? It's, yeah, the North South Divide. Yeah, but God, going off and right tangent now. What we're saying, though.
0: <laughs> Let, let's talk about getting into the Beeb. Then, as you yeah. said, you, you did some bits and pieces for Huddersfield Examiner, Huddersfield yeah. Rugby Union team. So then, how did yeah. you get the foot in the door when it came to the Beeb?
1: So 2016 Olympics. So basically. Yeah, he's t- technically still my manager now. He went to all the uni. He always used to come to the uni looking like for students to log in the summer for the summer Olympics. So my first year unit ended with, uh, in 2016. About that, that was the Rio Olympics, and then I think there was about like, two or three people from our unit and one of them, funnily enough, I worked with her at the minute. We're lucky enough to be selected and log like laws of different sports. So I like beach volleyball weightlifting yeah, but you love that beach volleyball is, mate <laughs> <laughs> that was, you
2: know that's
1: the first thing i've got a good memory of stuff like that that's the first thing i ever logged beach volleyball yeah brazilian uh, spain uh, game yeah i love it that mate. Give get me straight on that believe, if you look think it was it 5th or 6th volume. you look at one of the first beach volleyballs that you yeah, have logged out it's one of them ones it's like you'd always like watch the olympics but you'd learn like so much so many mm. different rules of like weightlifting, like just all sorts of different stuff. So yeah, that was like 16 days straight. So in like long hours, but brilliant, brilliant experience. Because like you walk around BBC, and, like thinking bloody hell, like it's all right, this, isn't it? You know, you this is Media City, City for the listeners. Yeah, the BBC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that and then. Few months passed by and then I just kept on like emailing the manager back, seeing if there's any like freelance shifts. But I got back doing the Six Nations, the Rugby Union Six Nations, logging that for someone behind and enemy lines. I know. Well, yeah, the wrong, the wrong. Rugby call. league, Leeds well, Centurions. Yeah, put it out there. I'm not a massive fan of Rugby Union, but it got me back in there anyway. So I won't disrespect it too much as a league <laughs> one. But yeah, so then that was like the following, or was it following January, February. And then from then, yeah, did all the Six Nations then at that time they don't do it anymore, but they used to like hire loads of freelance loggers doing the football. Basically like, everything that goes out on like BBC sport gets logged. So yeah, I just became like the go to like logging person. Obviously I was still studying at the time, so I still had my job. So I worked at Udersville Giants then. Switched codes, luckily enough. That's seven. Bradford's first team kit now. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I quite like the kits, to be <laughs> fair, but no. Nah. So, yeah, obviously, I was juggling doing that. So, I tried to do like weekends then. Obviously, juggling my uni work in general. And then, luckily enough, as I graduated, that was a 2018 World Cups. I was logging that as well. So, it got to the end of that. And then, luckily enough, a contract became available. Obviously, I had to go through like interview procedures and all, you know what it's like. So, I got a six month for and then after that six months someone from my department went on a like attachment so i got their 12 month attachment luckily enough and then after that i finally got made permanent just before covid when they started canceling mm. all the uh, freelance contracts and obviously like, a mad mad world but yeah that was like two weeks i think like two weeks before the world went mm. mental so before, yeah. when you got that permanent job,
0: obviously it's a big deal. You've been grafting, scrapping for anything, yeah. basically any contract. And then you yeah. started working on final score of all places. So yeah. what was that experience like and what was your role on the programme?
1: Yeah, so there was a couple of people in our department who already worked on it. And we just needed like, so it's like football league researchers. So basically anyone who who liked Football League, and obviously, as a Huddersfield fan, you know, we love the Football League, don't we? So, um, yeah, I can't remember my email now, but like I just shadowed a shift, I think it was two seasons ago. Yeah, it was the start of the season when we got to the final. Yeah, so rolling that is basically you just well, whilst you're on air, you're just making sure about the Football League percentage, so that's either um Mark Clement or Kelly Summers, Make sure that they've got like the most like relevant stories when they're doing their live hit on the show. Obviously, as the goals go in, like scripts change. Like there's many a times where you're with them like, right, yeah, we'll go with this. As they're walking to the studio, there's like three or four goals will go in. And it's just like, Oh for God's sake, like <laughs> That completely, like, ruined what they're going to say. And so you can be, like, talk, you're talking down, like, their EPs as well. So, like, you're just updating, like, all such and such discards. scored. So you've got to be correct basically because they're like repeating what you're saying but before working on tv like you watch the tv and you're just thinking oh like it doesn't look easy but it's like it looks all right that but like when you're like working on the scenes like i have no idea how like the presenters when they've got concert as talking down ears obviously like it's people, skill like in it. yeah, yeah oh it's like mental like, i have no idea how they do it how much pressure but- do you feel then when you've got to give
0: the information to a presenter I- and if you make a mistake, it's not. Oh well, I'll just apologise for it, and it will be fine the next day. But actually, there's a million
2: plus no, people watching yeah. it, and it's
0: them that' are going to make the
1: mistake as well as you. <laughs> yeah, no, no. To be fair, like I remember, like the first shift I, like, I'm I'm not talking down. the thing. I was just thinking, imagine if I say something wrong here, but no, nah, it's one of them ones like you work with. You work with so many like great people, so many like experienced people. They wouldn't just chuck you in the deep end. That's why obviously you'll have like a, a shadow shift, and like whilst you're doing like the shadow shift, so obviously you're looking after like Championship League only too. Like the first shift I it, I think. Like I might have looked after, like, the championship whilst the other person did, like, League One, League Two. But, in fairness, as well, like, the presenters themselves, like, they're so clued up. They're brilliant to work with. They're never going to, like, have a... If, I mean, I suppose it's not happened yet, but if I've if given them wrong information, they get, get absolutely, like, pelted on, like, social media and stuff, and you're at fault for it. I mean, yeah, they are going to have words, but... Thankfully, that's not a touch word. That'll never happen. But um, yeah, you in your last month, mate. So who knows? Who last knows? Yeah, there's no final score now, as well until after then. So yeah, yeah. But then yeah. So in the lead up to the week as well. So probably like whoever you're working with, you'll probably give them like, a message on like Tuesday or Wednesday. Just make sure that like they might want a hand with some kind of research, which they might be planning to like say on air. And then just digging, just going down the absolute spirals on the internet, just searching, just searching like for any. Any story, like anything like, but interests like the audience. So,
0: man, if you had a bad experience <laughs> on that show and you wanted to really, God. really chuck someone under the bus, <coughs> you could say <laughs> something ridiculous like, "Yeah, Arsenal are seven nil up." Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> <Just> yeah. Like... <laughs> no, God, no, you won't be doing out like that. No, no, it, it is fun though. Like, I remember when I first night of the year, like you are like pinching yourself, it's, like you just like watching football, like people. You've grown up, like, watching TV and, like, it's just thinking, like, bloody hell, like, you feel like a bit of a fraud to be honest. Do you get imposter syndrome then? Um, mm, I don't know. I'm, sometimes you feel like, how am I talking to football, like, these ex-professional like, footballers, people, like, you know, from the TV, like, constantly just... But it's kind of them, like, they're only people that end up doing, like, I love football, or, you know, I love sports in general, so... Sort talk about to be honest. So. I know it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you GAA mate, you can't get enough yeah. of GAA. Yeah, yeah. Hell. I know. Yeah, we'll be talking
0: we'll talk about that now. Mayo it's mate, it. Mayo. Let's talk about Mayo season, yeah.
1: mate. Yeah, no, we'll cut that short after last week. But <laughs> the, the way it goes on. But, Let's talk yeah. about
0: <laughs> issues in the industry now. So the main one you wanted to talk about is work-life balance, and this is the most obvious one because obviously you work in sport, and naturally most sport happens on weekends. So you have to cover it, at least for the time being. So how do you manage that with your mental health, social life, everything else in between?
1: In fact, you do get used to it. First few months, like, you know, we work until that. Like, apartment, we're not on it anymore, but we used to have to work until like half 10. And But if you've got like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're doing half two till half 10. Your weekend's gone, in it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, you feel awful as well. Like, so many times that like, you have to, like... Well, you can't even make plans with your mates in months in advance. Because normally, you know, generally speaking, like, people work, like, Monday to Friday, weekends off, you can plan it. So, like, the days off, my two days off used to get changed every month. You might have a month where you've got, like, a Saturday-Sunday off, but then, like, the next month you might have, like, a Monday-Tuesday, Wednesday-Thursday, which, yeah, it is annoying. I mean, it's good to do all the, like, you know, the little stuff, but... Other than that, like no one's often on, like on a Wednesday or Thursday. It's just, just feel exactly, activated. exactly. Yeah, That's what exactly. I felt at the BBC like.
0: You know, when you get the days off, it's like, well, I've got a day off on a Thursday. Great. What do
1: I do now? Yeah, it's like yeah, you don't do no, anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. But yeah, like I said, you kind of sign up to that, don't you? If you want to work in mm. sport, you want to work in the media, you are you are going to be working weekends. I will be working weekends, no doubt obviously with the overlap obviously hopefully not as much but you know if i do i do it's one of them things but yeah no it it could be hard but you know one of them things isn't it i suppose Mm. do you think people outside of the
0: industry realize the realities of it when it comes to nights out birthdays even things like christmas and
1: easter because football doesn't stop then well that's what i mean yeah i did. i I did boxing day yeah i did do boxing day fans gone i think I've done, but yeah, I've done last two Boxing Day final scores. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is weird. Obviously, yeah, that's another one. Actually, like Christmas time, you know, you like like a week off or whatever. I'm, I remember I've Christmas Eve as well. I think yeah, you wrote was quite completely different. It's just like God, like you'd love to go out with your mates and like socialize, catch up with them. And then, but then even then, like even when you do, it's like you know, like. I've got to get back over, and I'm working like Boxing Day, I'm working like New Year's Eve, like New Year's Day. It's like I think that's like the, one of the busiest times. Of football, mm. isn't it? like you think about the fixture list, you'd love to be just out, just watching it with your mates, but when you're thinking, yeah, you got a job to do, so it's like it could get annoying. But yeah, it's one of them things.
0: And then let's reflect yeah. on your sports journalism and media journey so far. So, what has it taught you about yourself, mate? Um, that's a good question. To be fair.
1: Um, probably taught me that I can't actually, speak <laughs> I, 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 yeah I actually can't speak yeah. I don't know like I like to think like I'm trying to put like I'll I'll say yes like everything like I'll probably say yes like too much no one wants to be like working boxing in shape sport like I'll be like yeah yeah I'll do it you know I'm at age like not got any attachments so it's like, if like if I could speak to like my 10 year old 11 year old sales saying like look you're going to be in this position where you're going to be like working on these shows You're going to jump at every opportunity, aren't you? So, yeah, no, I was just trying to get out there, you know, just be hardworking and yeah, it is fun though. There's more positives than negatives for sure. And that's why I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) We've chatted all about
0: Pat, the sports journalist, a little bit of Mick Morgan. Let's talk about your own mental health journey, mate. So, I ask all my special guests this question first. Take me back to. Early life, teenage years, and looking back, were there any early mental health experiences? Who's the Pat
1: we meet here? Uh, to be fair, no, I've, I mean, up until like a few years ago, like I've been blessed, to be fair, like, I've been completely brilliant childhood. But then a couple of years ago, it all started when my grand passed away. So that was 2019. Just as we were like moving over to Manchester, she suffered a heart attack she was in hospital. She died like dead, on, like a month later. But I was really, really close to my gran. I don't have told before, but her dad and her granddad were professional footballers for oh, wow. a while. Yeah, yeah. So like every town match, obviously she got to, like later on in life she couldn't walk, so she'd just listen to like, town matches like religiously on the radio. She'd like write like little like. You know, like, team sheets. Like, right, like, team sheets. Like, the major events and the match. Like, who scored, who's got both talking points. Little, like, commentary lines. Still got it, actually, in my jaw back home. Nice little thing like, to, like, remember her by. So, yeah, I was really, really close to my grand. Like, every time i like, before match, like, I'd ring her. As soon as I got back, like, go up and, like, see her. I'll we shied.
0: We've lost. <laughs> yeah, we've lost. But again,
1: See, Like, bet you're glad you can't get down. No, no, she was, like, football mad. I think it was her granddad or her dad. Her granddad. Mate, believe it or not. I've actually got a newspaper, I'll show you like the newspaper article. Her granddad was the second player ever to go for a four-figured sum. In like oh, wow. 19- 1911, I think, went like up to Sunderland. In Huddersfield's biggest win, right? I think it's 11-0 against Hetman in the FA Cup. He scored four. How mental is that? And I'm shit at football. That's the disgrace of that. Yeah, so I went off a the tangent there. But yeah, so like we're all close to my grandline. Yeah, sadly she passed away, but it was the effects that it had on my uncle who lived with her. At that time, so he lived a villa all her life. So, I don't know, my granddad passed away years ago before that. He entered, like, a deep spiral of complete depression, anxiety, to a point where my house actually, like, became, like, a care home, basically, for him. In a way, like, I didn't see it as much as, like, my brothers did, or, like, my mum and my dad, obviously, especially. Because, obviously, I'd just moved away. Obviously, then social service became involved. I'd, like, visitors coming out, you know, like, trying to, basically, trying to help, but sadly to no prevail and then obviously like a year past covid happened so then obviously like visiting from like the services and that obviously scaled it back because of obviously social distancing but then it got worse at home because i won't go too deep into it but like just that's fine mate very, very long story yeah it, was, it wasn't nice i like just just didn't have like anything like i think when he lost his mom obviously my gran i think like he just completely give up which is awful to say you know about he's such a nice man So obviously that all that happened and then like a year later it got to a point where like he was on all these meds he had like a complete flip personality like before couldn't leave the bed wasn't washing wasn't eating like i genuinely i have no idea how everyone at home cooked with all this going around got to a point you're on these meds and like he had a complete flip personality if any like hyperactive mate there were points during them like two years it's like this isn't real there's no way like I, I'm just gonna wake up any minute now like this can't be real things like having to put up with but then yeah so yeah on my birthday in 2021 I got a phone call at, like four I, I remember it dead on four o'clock I'm like, oh finally my mum's like wishing me happy birthday <laughs> and then, little and did that you first, know yeah and then the first thing she goes oh you got work and then you think jesus christ i what fun and then shot oh, like your uncle had a fall yeah he just dropped dead he had had, had like a heart uh, what I, forget, I forget what it's called but i'm kind of like there's a heart failure again like again one of them like i took the call like nah like this isn't real like there's no there's no way that's just happened but that was my dramatic two years three years mm. it wasn't good it wasn't good
0: how did you process it, it with all the covid uh, stuff going on
1: it, yeah God, it was so weird because to be honest like with social services i've got all the emails somewhere i kept on like kept on emailing saying like look he needs 24 7 care i feel like he's failing us mate like there's so many cutbacks of like social Mm. services now there's they'll only deal with stuff once it's too late in my opinion i remember like saying stuff to him like like, literally he won't survive like there's no because he's not looking after himself like there's no way this will go on either like something bad is gonna happen and i kept on kept on saying it and then like Told you so, and you know you've just bloody. <sighs> I suppose it's it's one of them things like they would have tried the best and ultimately like you know if you want to get better, it's it's down to the person themselves, really. Like, there's only so much people around you can do to an extent, but you know we've seen it like firsthand, especially like my family back home. Like we were literally honestly just, like crying out, we need the help here. Like the amount of times actually, God, God I actually forgot about it all like the amount of times I had to bring crisis teams like to come out. Yeah, but then even then, they do, like, assessments, and they like, oh, he's, he's got okay eye contacts, like, it's fine. It's just, like, <laughs> if you're judging someone just, like, from the eye contact, like, I don't know, I don't know. There's no, there's no, I suppose there's no, like, easy way of doing stuff, but, yeah. When I got the phone call, like, it died. First thing you do think, you think, as he killed himself? But he, he didn't. He, like, he, literally, I think, like, the social worker coming in, and, he, like, it collapses, like, he'd open the door or something, and then, like, heart failure and just, yeah, gone. So how about, like, 56, 57? Yeah. Or, yeah, it, it was just genuinely mental. Mental. Yeah. Very, 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 very sad times, to be honest. And obviously, like I was saying, like, before, like, I had a really, really, really close relationship with my grandma. I don't think any of us, would, like, grieved, my own grandma's death because as soon as that happened, my uncle, he just lost his soul, full stop, really. So, obviously, you know, your, all your efforts then going to like, you know, trying to make sure he's got like everything he can get going for himself. But yeah, and then obviously with like COVID and that, it made times much worse because then you couldn't leave the house, could you, like during COVID. So, yeah, it was that was very obviously much more difficult for my family back home than it was for me over here because. Luckily enough, obviously, like I was saying before, I'd, I'd got a contract just before uh, all the restrictions started and all that. So, you know, I, I was still, luckily enough, like, you know, I could still go into office. But obviously, you know, I was up constantly on the phone, like, like to my m- morning and just like, any better, blah, blah, blah. But not a nice time for, like, the whole family to be fair. But, yeah, you know, it's in the past now, so... How did it make you aware of your own mental health? It's one of them, I've been luckily enough, like, I'd, I'd say my own mental health... Okay, like I think it's fine touch wood, but I think it has made me realise like how above anything, how important it is to look after your own mind more than anything. It's been said many times, but like if you've got a physical injury, like you've got a knee injury or something, like you, you'll go to the physio, you'll get better, do you know what I mean? Like you've got natural you can physically see it, it will get better with time, but like mental issues like you cannot see it. And like your brain it is it's scary to be honest. It's petrifying when you really like, think of it and when you see it and, like in front of you. When someone's, like, going through, like, deep depression, like, deep anxiety, we don't see a way out, do you know what I mean? It's just, like, gee, like, you're just praying, like, you never have to deal with anything like that. That is one thing that is like, opened my eyes. Obviously, you do see, like, the stigma. I don't think it is as bad as it was, like, years ago, like, the stigma around, like, mental health. But I think now, you know, when people go and see, like, psychiatrists like mental health nurses it's a great thing you think about it, like we was saying here, like if you have like a, a physical injury you'll go to physio to get better if you feel yourself like mentally challenged a million reasons to be mentally challenged but if you're going to see like a psychiatrist or a mental health nurse, that's that's a great thing surely you want to get better it should be seen as a positive thing like even like you see like professional athletes I always have to bring it back to sport, though. But you see, like professional athletes, oh, what was I watching the other day? I think it was the Virgil Van Dyke interview. He's seen like a sports psychiatrist, psychologist or whatever, just to improve himself. Do you know what I mean? It's just like it's a great thing. At the End of the day, like your brain controls everything. If you've got a, if you've got a fit and fine brain, you can do anything, really. Before we <laughs> reflect
0: on your mental health journey, mate, one thing that you did want to talk about, and one thing that you've done recently, is the Borough Leeds Marathon. So oh, yeah, tell me why you wanted to that. get involved
1: and the journey to doing it as well. Yeah, I didn't shut up about that, did I? <laughs> no, yeah, it was about April last year, it was about five or six of us, none of us had ever done a marathon before. I've never been good at running. To be fair with COVID, one good thing came out of COVID, I did like couch to 5k, which is an absolute piece of, I won't swear. But so I still got into running a little bit and then never been like fit. Awful, like genuinely awful run. I'm still now like if you see me running like I've probably got an awful, awful technique. But yeah, so Rob Burrow obviously you see him like what a man, like what a family. I don't know if you like read his book as well. What an inspiration. Kind of and when Covid when he'd announced he has MND, wasn't it? I think. Mm. Maybe end of twenty nineteen, going into twenty twenty. So yeah, when obviously that came out, like you know what, yeah, it's 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 a great challenge, isn't it? You know, to say like you've done a marathon. You know, I had to absolutely work very, very hard to get from a very below average fitness to quite a fit person, and then now I'm back to square one. <laughs> but no, no, I'm not. I'm not too bad. I keep up with like five k's and ten k's, but I got injured like two weeks before it, so I had to dose myself up and I hobbled the last ten miles, which was frustrating. But you no, know, I, I had to do it. I had to do it. But no, great cause yeah, I'd probably heard of it before, Rob Burrow, obviously was diagnosed with it but like the awareness he's brought with it is, along with like Kevin Sinfield like the mad challenges he's had to do yeah signed up for that last year, and then yeah got running got running trainers just keep on running just stick to a programme it was a very long process to play just, but you just do it though don't you like especially like the calls like that you just think that like everything that he's had to go through continues to go through he's just thinking what we're doing like anyone could put one step in front of the other just just keep going how did you feel when you crossed the finish line If knackered absolutely knackered but in a way like i think like two and a half weeks before i completely did like my knee in my head i was just happy just to complete it but i didn't feel like because i'd walked so much of it i was actually really annoyed myself first of all i was actually really annoyed because like up until that injury like i'd done 20 miles and i thought oh, i'm actually gonna like absolutely smash race but then to be fair it's more important like you know your fundraising and like just finishing it with your mates or whatever but, yeah, it is a mental feeling. The atmosphere was absolutely unbelievable. I thought it was going to be brilliant, but, like, the atmosphere of that day was incredible. Like, I can't imagine any other marathon having, like, that such a buzz, like, the streets lined with so many people. Like, and obviously the first one as well. So I think we'll be doing it every year now, won't they? I won't be doing the Leeds one again. No chance. It's too hilly. The thing obviously, training around Manchester. Manchester's flat. It's so flat you get to leave, like, I've gone after, like, four miles. Like, I cannot do this, like. <laughs> but, yeah, it was mad feeling, mad feeling. Afterwards, it's like, right, yeah, I want to get better now. I'm just better in the time and that. But I do need something to look forward to now, to be fair. I do get addicted to it. You're waking up in the morning, at, like, 7 in the morning, like, right, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go on, like, a 15-mile run. It's like, just stupid, is it, like. But it is good fun. It is good fun. Whack the overlap on. <laughs> <Don't> worry. <laughs> Good plug there, good plug. <laughs> yeah. So
0: let's reflect on your mental health journey then, mate. What has it taught you about yourself?
1: Um, I don't know, really. Like I was saying, like, I, I think my mental health fairly fine. Like I said before, I just, I've seen how bad, like, you know, people's mental health can get and how much of an impact, it, not just on men, like the others around and Obviously, there was times, you know, just like, I remember I was speaking at, like, one of the um, mental health 1st aiders at work, and like, I just burst out, like, crying, and I was just like... I, I, I can't see this, like, oh, I was that after? I might have been after Milk the past Well, quite a lot of stuff going on. I was just like, how does this even go on? Like, yeah, well, it was tough, but I don't know. I think I've learned, that like, you know, you got to, God, it's so cliched, but, you know, you got to take, like, your rough times of a good, don't you? And I suppose, like, you know, going through, like, hard stuff and things, you know, no one deserves stuff like that. And unfair things do happen in life, and I'm sure, hopefully, it doesn't happen soon, but you know, I'm sure there'll be more unfair things that'll happen in life, but it kind of builds you as well, doesn't it? You've got to try and take, as stupid as it sounds, you've got to like take the good from the bad. And as a final
0: question, if you could go back and talk to the Pat who was trying to break into sports journalism, or feeling a bit anxious about getting a permanent contract at the Beeb, or dealing with those griefs of his uncle and his nan. What would you say to him, knowing
1: what you do now? Um, Just be strong, lad. <laughs> It'll be rough. But, you know, there's always going to be good times at the end of it. You know, obviously I was saying all about grieving my and that, you know, some people don't have that close relationships with family members. So I suppose it, it, that is a blessing to have. That's the price you pay, isn't it, for the love? But yeah, just be strong. You'll get through it. There's always going to be good times ahead. Just trick your brain into thinking there's always going to be something good at the end of it and you'll get there, you know. That's what I'd say, I reckon. <laughs>
0: We've come to our final topic of conversation, Pat, and it's one I try and have with every special guest, which is a general natter and quick-fire chat about our mental health. So firstly, how was your mental health, mate?
1: Yeah, sound. All good. Excellent.
0: And what age were you when you became self-aware of your mental health and you realised that the feelings you were having weren't physical and they were actually in your mind? Uh,
1: prob- I, don't know. I forgot how old I was then. Uh, t- about, <laughs> I mean, I literally, yeah, literally. Uh, about 20.
0: Okay, and was it a eureka moment or a gradual process? Probably a gradual process.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And can you remember the first ever conversation you ever had with someone about your mental health? So who was it with, what did you say, and what impact did it have? Did it feel like a big moment or burden or weight had been lifted off your shoulders or something very easy, insignificant, and
1: easy to do? I felt quite easy. Probably a few obviously after like room club passed from that, probably, yeah, about three years ago. Yeah, I'd, I'd like I said, I, I don't mind talking about stuff. as much easier, like, talking in the air, you know. It's, I waffled a lot as well, so.
0: Yeah, well, as as as, as the <laughs> listeners may or may not be able to tell from this edit. <laughs> I waffle a lot, mate. Really. I chat a load
1: of shite. But...
0: What positive tools do you use to improve your mental health? Which ones have you found that have worked? And maybe which ones that you've tried but haven't?
1: Exercise, running and going to the gym is a massive one, like... I probably only started going to the gym about a couple of years ago, but yeah, I always feel it like if I haven't been to the gym in like four or five days, I'm nowhere near like one of them gym freaks, but just exercising in general is just brilliant. I play quite a bit of tennis as well, so it's just good to be out and playing sports and and
0: what is the best book, or as I call it, Mental Health Bible you've read for your mental health? Now, it can be mental health or self-help related. And if you can't think uh, of a book or haven't read no. one, a podcast no. or a play or an album or any piece of popular culture.
1: Uh, Yeah, I've not read really, I've not read that in mental health books. I, I'm massive music. Yeah, give, me album, give me an album. Give me an album oh uh, rubber soul beatles you had uh, to go uh, with the uh, northern
0: uh, stereotype didn't you, n- you no forget. mate well yeah, uh, cortinas mate first no, album
1: no, yeah cortinas all right but no no i'm an absolute <laughs> beatles nerd so yeah okay. rubber soul is my go
0: if there was a mantra <laughs> in life that summed up your mental health what would it be and why
1: <sighs> oh mate god knows i can't speak i, I, I can't speak yeah <laughs> you know what yeah we'll go with that yeah i can't speak. yeah <laughs> that's typical what it is <laughs> <laughs> they don't what? like it. They don't
0: like it. <laughs> oh, oh, any excuse? Yeah. Any excuse? Yeah. Do you know what? I actually saw, I think, I can't remember what rugby league game it was, but they were interviewing him and I was like, surely he should be older than that. Because the commentary yeah, yeah. looks like ancient. The-, the commentary looks like from the 80s. You know, I think
1: it was quite a young man there. <laughs> yeah, it was in the 80s, to be fair, but I don't think he was that old. You he know, sounds you know, about 56. <laughs> oh, actually, mate, I, mate, he's 74. Oh, okay, so he's not bad it's, going then oh, Yeah, okay. yeah, he doesn't look bad
0: for his age, is he? Nah. Yes. Yeah, so when you told me his autobiography it, is called *I, I, I can Speak*, speak. Yeah, oh actually. my god, it's brilliant,
1: that isn't it? <laughs> is it spelled I C A Y R N D? No, I'll check. Uh, I think it, I think it is.
0: And then Spake S P A K. Yeah, I actually
1: think it is. You know.
0: Yeah. Actually oh it is. wow. I can't speak. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's owned oh, it. Mis- hey, mis- hey it. he's owned it. He's owned it. That's the best yeah, thing. Fair. There, oh like, my god! Like... People are gonna think, "What the hell are we talking about?" This absolute nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Putting up the league on the map, there. <laughs> what do you love about yourself, mate?
1: Oh Jesus! I feel like this is an interview, this for a job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, literally. <laughs> what do I love? about... It? I think I'm like can happily get along with people. I like to think I'm kind, caring. Put this on a fucking dating profile. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll clip, I'll clip this bit up pairing, and send it to you. I'll clip this bit up. Put it as uh, your prompt. Put it as your so,
1: prompt. <laughs> this is so David Brent.
0: <laughs> hey, this is why I asked the question, man. Lads feel lads feel very embarrassed about saying this, but they should feel more like, yeah, this is what I this is what I love. This is what I am.
1: I know, but it's very David Brent and it. <laughs> oh, oh, you're hard. Yeah, literally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a new question i'm asking in the mental health chat, so we'll see how this reaction goes down as a final question pal and this is a broad one what more do you think we have to do to ensure men from all backgrounds all walks of life feel comfortable and safe in talking about their mental health issues or just their general mental health if most importantly they want
1: to do it very good question i do think it has got better like over the last few years especially like obviously with the likes of yourself with the podcast oh, cheers man no no honestly obviously there's platforms for people to like to go out on and like you know talk i think there's a lot more like services now as well where people can do that if they want to i I don't know just generically speaking just just educate yourself more on what mental health problems can do to people although like from personal perspective and pray that never like that ever happened to me but like educate like other people's feelings like completely different to yours people are wired differently doesn't mean they're wired wrong way right? just everyone <laughs> everyone's different and just try and have the understanding and like patience with people might be going through stuff you, you do not know i suppose like obviously what my family about to go through outside world you never never know like stuff that happened, goes on at home but then again pff, i might have loads of friends now who might have to go through who knows mate awful stuff yeah, that's what i mean but you don't speak about right, do you because end of the day you think oh you know you don't want well, to intrude or cry yeah, like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously but then if sad. no one does that then everyone feels exactly. alone do you know what i mean exactly so. I mean, and it is sad stuff but it's just like and you don't want to like plunder people with like, oh this is going on that's going mm. on it's just pretty, it's a very dark tone isn't it but yeah i'd just uh, you know am just try and educate yourself more on like you know the impacts of what mental health problems can do to people that's it i reckon good way to end it mate pat
0: moore thank you very much for coming on the just checking in pod and talking to you pal nice mate
1: thank you for having us
0: well that's all we've got time for on this episode of the just checking in pod i want to say a big thank you to pat for being my special guest on this episode and for letting me check in with him as always thank you to all the venters who tuned into this episode If you've liked what you've heard, please give it a share on social media. Tell your friends or your work colleagues or anyone else about it. If you're feeling generous, drop us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also support us by going to our Patreon. That's www.patreon.com. You can also do a range of other things, including buy a ticket to the Just Checking In Podcast live show on Friday, September 29th. All of those links are on our link tree. That's www.linktr.ee slash venthelpuk. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember guys, it is always okay to vent.